Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. Be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sandula. Hi, my name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. Today we are talking about someone who we have mentioned multiple times on this podcast. Um, Her name is Avar Chris. She is from the High Republic series, uh, mainly from the adult novels and uh, the Marvel comic series by Kevin Scott. Um, And we just find her really interesting and maybe also really hot and sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler warning for High Republic issue 13 since it just came out. Um, And I'm sure we'll be saying, yeah, (laughs) because we have a lot to say about both of those. So if you haven't read them yet, um, go do that first, unless you don't care about spoilers. So we're going to start to um, Avar Chris in Light of the Jedi. Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. What a wonderful novel. That's where we see her the most in our books, um, unfortunately. Uh, Anyways, she is the main character of that book. Um, and we're introduced to her uh, amazing and very rare force ability, which is to connect to all of the Jedi um, through, you know, the force through her mind. And we can uh, see how she, you know, views the force as music, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, her her role as like the connector to all of the Jedi plays a really big part in her character arc. Um and as we're seeing now uh, with the High Republic 13, uh, it, it has eventually led to her downfall. Yeah, Avar, like literally from pretty much the first time we see her on the page in Light of the Jedi, one of her big like character like traits um, is how much pressure she puts on herself like one of the very first um povs we get of her she's like if if we don't save these people of the Hetzal system like it's on me like i'm the one who needs to save them and then immediately she's kind of like okay that's a lot to put on one person and like kind of takes a step back but she really does feel like the weight of the galaxy is on her shoulders which obviously that feeling only grows after she does save Hetzal and she becomes the hero of Hetzal and she becomes the Marshal of Starlight Beacon and the entire galaxy knows who she is, knows who Avar Chris is and is she's become like the face of the Jedi and even the light of the Jedi. Um, and it's just like, it's very like striking that that is one of the first things that we learn about her and that does end up being one of her main like driving character traits until it does end up sort of coming back and being the thing that leads to her falling into this darkness that we now see her falling into in the most recent comic issues because she just feels like this is all on her and it's her job to save people and to protect the whole galaxy and to save the Jedi and just like everything that every bad thing that happens she's like I could have prevented this or like I should have done more and like she blames herself for it and all of that just sort of piled up over time until eventually she reached this breaking point that she's hit now. Yeah, I think that uh, her her responsibility that she puts on herself, because she knows that she is one of the most powerful Jedi. Um, yeah, you know, that's like kind of undebatable. She is genuinely just so powerful. And um, there's a with great power comes great responsibility kind of thing going on in her brain. And I think that because she's, she's not like this character who is cocky and wants power and knows she's the best, but she, she's very realistic in the sense that she like, she knows that her power to connect everybody is what is, what is holding the Jedi together through so many moments Um, And I think it's really interesting because, you know, we're introduced to her in the midst of galactic chaos, right? She's hyperspace is sick. It's throwing these emergencies out into the galaxy and killing hundreds and thousands of people at a time. 
and she is the one who is who is stopping it you know that's not to say that the other jedi aren't helping of course that's literally the entire plot of the book is how the jedi are coming together but through the mind of avar chris she is there's the one of my favorite scenes in the entire book of light of the jedi is that is when she connects to everyone and can see what everyone else is doing and how they're all helping and it's really a great message um that we needed to start out the series was wow look how like in tune these guys are and look how like cohesive the jedi order is and how they view the light side of the force and how they view saving the galaxy and then through out this first phase we can see that breaking and a lot of that revolves around avar chris which is kind of going into the rising storm by kevin scott um she's not there. She's not on Valo when the, on the Republic fair, when the Nihil attack and thousands and thousands of people are dying and getting injured. Her friends are on Valo. And so is Lorna D who is at this point in time, think everyone thinks she's the eye of the Nihil. She's in charge, but Avar isn't there. She's off fighting the Drengear with Keith Trennis. Um, and we see how I really liked how they like lined this up, like chronologically publishing wise, because you read the rising storm and you're like, what's, where's Avar, you know, where is she? And all you hear is like, oh, she's working with the huts. Like, oh my God. Like it's so, and then, anyways, we'll get to that later, but she, um, she is off somewhere else. And then a few comic issues later, you see what has happened to her. And she, the Drengear is literally inside of her body. She is, has no control over a situation when she is so used to being in control and so used to being so in tune with the force that is literally more of a, a part of her than we've ever seen any Jedi. Like her, her, the song of the force is something that she hears all of the time throughout the entire galaxy Um, and it's like this incredible thing and she has control over so many things throughout her entire life. And then there's this one thing that she can't control. And that's really when you start to see her character break down and then, you know, continuing through the comics, that's how we get into her relationship with Stellan Geos, you know, her and Stellan, (laughs) so much to think about. Um, there was a, there was a little thing in the last High Republic, uh, show, in which Charles Soule did say that um, the fall of Avar Chris is uh, reliant on her relationship with Stellan Geo's crumbling. And, you know, that hurt a lot <laughs> because um, it's true. And, you know, after reading The Fallen Star, you can really tell just how much he has impacted her. Yeah, I think the thing with her and Stellan that's really striking is that, like, you know, it's one thing for her to go against the wishes of the Jedi Council and for her to, like, have conflict with the Council because, like, who doesn't actually? Like, there are so many Jedi that disagree with the Council and, like, a lot of really valid reasons for that. But it's so much more personal for her when she is directly clashing with Selen Geos, who is one of her longest friends and we know that they have had a very close relationship for pretty much their entire lives and so now we see them like almost constantly arguing and like even when they're not together you know like in Fallen Star we see it a lot of the two of them sort of feeling the like feeling the pressure of also in addition to what they're dealing with individually that's also like and also I'm fighting with my best friend and that's just adding on to everything that's going on and so yeah I really do think that like we see her relationship with Stellan falling apart as we also see her starting to fall into this darkness um and it really is like even though like you know we don't like necessarily see a lot of them together where they're not fighting which is one thing that I kind of wish we had had more of throughout the series but beside the point um it's just like you know how close they are and also there's um the element of having Elzar who's also very close with both of them and you know how it impacts him to see his two closest friends fighting and also just like seeing Avar grow more and more like frustrated and everything she does she feels like it's not enough she feels like she's been failing even though like 
you know, she and Keeve and all of the um, characters from those comics did defeat the Drengear. However, the attack on Valo, Valo was so publicized and like it was all on the news and she's had to watch it happen. Like she, there's video footage of everything that happened there and she like had to see all of that and know that if she had been there, she would have been able to prevent so much of it because she is real she is so powerful and just like her victory over the Drengear sort of gets overshadowed in her mind and also just like in the minds of everyone around her because of this horrible thing that happened on Valo and she almost feels like she was like taken away from that even though fighting the Drengear was obviously important and it was like a plot point like a plan of the Nihil to keep her busy with the Drengear but like in her mind she's like I should have been there and like she feels responsible in a way for so many of the things that happen there and that just builds on with everything else that she's been dealing with and she's been feeling since the very beginning of Light of the Jedi until it gets to a point where she's like I need to take action now I can't I need to stop like just feeling like I need to wait for the council to approve everything and like wait until the Nihil attack us again like I'm actually gonna go out and go after them right I think that um I love this arc that Avard's had because she is at this point where all she wants to do is stop her friends from being her and stop her the Jedi Order which she is so incredibly devoted to um and this galaxy that she feels responsible for saving because she genuinely loves the galaxy and you can tell from literally everything that she has done that she does uh but you know because she knows that she can help and because she she's she wants to fix everything and she thinks that she can and there is some truth to that because she's so powerful and you know she has this ability to connect all these jedi and because she has um, gotten to this point where she has taken so many losses, she just wants to do everything in her power to fix these things that she feels guilty for. And guilt is such a huge motivator for her. And she doesn't even really know it until this like last issue of High Republic 13, which is so good. Um, she she has she's willing to at this point do absolutely anything to save the galaxy and rid the galaxy of the Nihil. We know from other Star Wars media that when you are so obsessed with doing one thing, that is how you lead you it leads to the dark side and that's how you fall to the dark side. And that is what happens. Um <laughs> we knew I think um, a majority of the fandom had theorized that Avar was turning to the dark side, just context clues and how it's going and how the art that's been coming out. Anyways, she in this episode, ha- in this episode, in this comic, has um, a dark side moment, and she is fully aware of it. And that is something that was so just like unbelievable to see because we've never seen this kind of fall to the dark side in Star Wars. She's talking to Lorna D, and she's like, "Well, I, you've made me a liar." I wanted to protect this galaxy for light and life. And she's reciting words that she said in her speech on Starlight and Light of the Jedi, which, oh my God. Anyways, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) She having this complete self-realization and you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe she's going to find her own way back to the light and not kill Lorna D. And then she like really doesn't actually. And she goes to strike Lorna D down. Um, and then the comic ends, of course, we have to wait till the next one. I'm sure that Lorna D is going to live. Um, and Keeve is going to stop Avar. Uh, getting to Keeve and Avar <laughs> in a minute here, because this is important. I, I was thinking when I was reading this, I was like, this is so not like the other people we have seen fall to the dark side, you know, like Anakin Skywalker. Yes. He had this obsession with, you know, bringing Padme back to life. And that's, you know, that was his justification for becoming a Sith, you know, though (laughs) Anakin Skywalker, we knew 
from the very, very beginning of his story that all he wanted was power. That was such a huge part of, he literally says it out loud to Padme that he wants more than being just what the Jedi allows him to be. Avar never has any of that. She knows she's powerful. She has no, she has no desire to prove how powerful she is. She has no desire to be the best or get everything that she wants and have everything according to her. She's not like that. Yes, she knows her power and she knows that if she had maybe been on Valo, things would be different. If she had already captured the eye, things would be different. But she never strives for to be this powerful person that like Anakin Skywalker did. She, she's been betrayed, you know, by Stellan Geos, kind of like we we're talking earlier about their relationship. I find it very interesting that she had her dark side moment after Stellan Geos's name was brought up. Um, that stuck out to me immediately. It's giving, like it's, <laughs> the part where she, he's mentioned is when Keeve is like, Maru is worried about you. Stellan is worried about you. And you can literally see it on her face in this artwork that's so amazing. Just this feeling of like betrayal that she has. Like, what do you mean they're worried about me? Like, as if I can't do my job, like as if I'm not good enough to do this. And that moment is so like impactful because you know what she's thinking, even though it's not on, like, this is why I would love, I would have loved to have this in a book. Not that I don't think it's um, like amazingly translated into the comics, but I want to see more of Avar's thought process. And I do think that it's there. Like, obviously we're talking about it right now, but like, you do have to look for it a little bit. It's not just plainly stated. You have to look through the subtext, which everyone should be able to do anyways, because that is how you read media. But anyways, I think that um, you, when you're reading and you see this happening, it's very clear what Avar is feeling. She's feeling betrayed. She's feeling like she's not good enough. Um, she's feeling extremely guilty. And all of this is leading to her fall to the dark side. And then we have Keith Trennis, my beloved Keith Trennis. Why are you her? Why are you Avar Chris's only support system? <laughs> why is this 21 year old child trying? She's the only one who has Avar's back at this point. And like, we know that everyone cares about Avar. But nobody is taking the time to acknowledge Avar's feelings. And that is really telling, especially in the scenes where her and Stellan are arguing. Um, you know, he's she's she's being kind of the worst sometimes in like bringing up Valo to Stellan, who was there and who went through a very public trauma. And she wasn't there. Um, obviously, she was going through her own stuff at the time. But, you know, she there's these times where she's out of line and I think that somebody obviously they're very worried for her there Maru literally says to Keith please watch out for her you know we're worried but also Maru what are you doing like why aren't why aren't you reaching out to Avar Chris why are you having this very newly knighted girl looking after this Jedi master who has been through it and who is obviously not doing well. Um, and that's why I think there's been a lot of talk recently within the fandom about um, Avar's dark side moment and Elzar's dark side moment in The Fallen Star. Elzar has a support system, like very much so. There are a lot of people, especially Stellan Geos, Orla Jereni, who have taken months out of their lives to specifically look after Elzar Man. That is why I feel like Elzar's dark side moment wasn't is not at all like Avar's was. Avar's has been building very slowly. Elzar's felt very sudden. And I don't want to say it was like completely unwarranted, but it it, you know, it felt very weird. This is something that we've known is coming, and we've just kind of been watching it and helplessly <laughs> it's like yeah Avar's Fall of the Dark Side is something that I find very interesting I love her a lot <laughs> anyways um yeah but the fact that Keith Trennis is the only one who's out here 
trying desperately to look after this person that she cares for a lot um, is very telling of how the Jedi Order is starting to starting to fall into what we are we've seen in the prequel era. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to the rest of this comic series and the rest of um, the High Republic in general, specifically in phase three, which I believe we're going to explore their characters more. Yeah, I think it, like you said, like the art and just the dialogue and everything in this issue did such a good job of letting us like see Avars reach these breaking points. Another like moment that really stuck out to me is when... Um, she's basically beat Lorna in their fight um and she's like do you yield and Lorna's like no and pulls out Tarek's lightsaber and that is a moment where Avar is like like gets really dark because she sees Tarek's saber and we know she feels very guilty for what happened to Tarek and Sarah and again it's this thing of like blaming herself for every bad thing that happens to the people in her life and um, she still blames herself for letting Lorna even get away from that situation. And so the moment that she sees that lightsaber is when she like, it, like afterwards, right after is when she like cuts off Lorna's hand and is like literally about to kill her when the issue ends. And I just think that's so telling because it's like, like we've been saying this guilt is a big factor in why she is doing the things she's doing now. And that moment made it so much clearer that like, that is really what is the cause of everything that's going on. And like you said, just also combined with the fact that like, she doesn't really have anyone to look out for her because, you know, she's the Marshal of Starlight. Like she's literally the most powerful Jedi in my opinion. Um, And so like- In my opinion too. Yeah. (laughs) And so people are kind of just like, oh, we should like, look out for her but you know like she's Avar Chris like she's great she can and like that is not the case as we can now see and yeah just like Keeve having to deal with everything right now like she's already dealing with Skier who is also going through it and she's been leveled (laughs) she's lost her friends (laughs) yeah Skier and Avar have been like her two biggest mentor figures this entire time and they're both doing really terribly and she's the only one who is there for them like it literally made me so angry when Maru was like I need you to watch Avar I was like you watch her no (laughs) it's like I was so mad I was like that is not like her two best friends are literally in some sort of coma thing I hope they wake up <laughs> in the next two issues. I miss them. But anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. And it's just so like striking when Avar, like you said, when she's saying these lines from this speech that she gave so long ago, but in such a different context. And she's like, you made me a liar to Lorna. And the thing that like happened multiple times throughout this issue is Avar repeating the for light and life like mantra that they always say throughout the series as she's killing people and I was like oh my that is it's such a good like it's narrative choice but I was just like oh my god it really is so like jarring when you see it happen like you said like we've been kind of theorizing that this would happen for a very long time but to see it like fully happening now is kind of crazy I'm just keep thinking about Keeve I'm so sorry bestie and I know it's only gonna get worse for her in the next two issues and I'm just like girl a break please she needs it but yeah seeing it on the page like seeing Avers fall the dark side I literally was like oh like literally number one on my prediction pool is Avar Chris dark side moment yeah and then as it's happening I was like wait wait what (laughs) (laughs) what's happening anyways um but I think going back to like Lorna pulling out Sarah's lightsaber. Oh my God. Anyways, the thing is, is like, yes, she's feeling super guilty about this, but she's also like, it goes back to this idea that she thinks that she can protect everybody. And seeing this one, this person who she could not protect, and it was kind of her fault. She sent them and Kiev to find the Nihil to infiltrate the Nihil and they 
were leveled because of it but she feels like she's almost betrayed herself you know she she feels like oh I've done this and I thought it could work and I let myself down and I just throughout this entire (laughs) this this whole light in life thing you know she's such an interesting protagonist because at this point in time she's really not a protagonist anymore she is killing people she's fallen to the dark side she's not really doing what she set out to do she she is doing what she set out to do in the first in the first place which was to stop the Ivan Hill who she thinks is Lorna D but killing people was never a part of her plan and to see her doing this and to see her thinking this is for the greater good and us as an audience we're like no, because you are completely capable of taking down all of these people without killing them, and you're doing it anyways. Now, at this point, she is, I don't want to be like, she's an anti-hero, but that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. She's very much like, she's strayed so far off of her path in terms of her ideals and her devotion to the light, but she is still on her, like, actual quest like her physical quest to stop Lorna D she's still there she's just going about it so differently and I think that's super interesting um and I love Kevin Scott I just I just love Kevin Scott (laughs) having her be the person who's really like falling literally falling to the dark side now is such a like good narrative choice and just so interesting like as a plot device especially because she in light of the Jedi she's like the best of the best you know she like I remember after reading reading Light of the Jedi I was like Avar Chris is what Jedi should be like in my head and like what we don't the kind of Jedi that we don't really see later on in Star Wars like in the prequels especially um and just like she's also the very first Jedi we meet in that book and it is one of my favorite moments where the Hetzal system is like sending out transmissions saying they need help and Avar responds and is like we're on our way and they're all like oh we're saved the Jedi are coming and it's such a powerful moment where you really like get into this era and see that like people actually trust the Jedi and think that like and believe that the Jedi are going to save them unlike later when we see people are like wary of Jedi and Jedi are sort of just like above everyone but people don't really trust them like that is very different here and you can see that trust and that hope like it's a really big theme throughout Light of the Jedi especially and so to see Avar go from that and from literally saving everyone in that system to this is such a huge character shift for her and like feels very realistic in how well it's been written from start to finish um and it's just like really yeah it's not at all like what I would have ever expected from her character after just reading Light of the Jedi and even like the early comic issues but now that we're here I'm like it makes so much sense like right from the beginning it makes so much sense for her to be the one who would set out to do good and then get to this point where she's like okay well now I'm gonna do good but like at any cost even if the cost is her sort of starting to abandon the light side of the force and just like have she has this like tunnel vision now where she's like my one goal is to stop Lorna D and now she's at a point where she's like okay I'm confronting her face to face and like I could kill her right now and I would have accomplished my goal but she has Kiev there and Kiev is still able to be like it's not really accomplishing your like yes killing Lorna would take out who they think is the eye of the Nihil but like at what cost to Avar and to the light side of the force and just like to the Jedi Order as a whole because it sets them down a path that they don't want to be on which we know because we have seen the prequels and watched the Clone Wars and we know where a path like that leads the Jedi and um this moment with Avar is sort of like a big step in that direction for her and just for the Jedi as a whole. Let's talk about um Avar Chris and Elzar Man. Wow 
You know, I ship Elvar so much. I really do. I do have something to say. It's a little bit negative, so I apologize. In this issue, we see Avar Chris literally cut someone in half. Zetar, rest in peace. However, I did predict that you were going to die in my Deadpool. Yeah, I'm so like, thanks for the point. Thanks for the and point, I didn't really like you anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I will say, point, not to change the subject very briefly, if if Quinn did not make it out of that hole, I will, Avar, that's my breaking point, actually. Yeah. Avar, I'm, I actually can't. I'm an Avar Chris Avar. defender, yeah, but <laughs> not when it comes to Quinn, actually. Like, Avar literally, like, threw her into the wall and then they just didn't show her again and I was like Kevin Kevin I know you did not kill where's my girlfriend anyway (laughs) back to what we were talking about (laughs) um yeah Avar and Elzar (laughs) um my little thing we see Avar literally kill a lot of people but like but like cut him in half (laughs) it's not funny it's not funny (laughs) but Hmm, who who else cut someone in half in the fallen star? Uh, Elsa man, they really are made for each other. Anyways, um, that was horrible, but I think it's really so interesting, and I I do not want to make a judgment so fast because we haven't read the next two issues of the High Republic, but like she does this terrible thing, and then meets El- meets Elzar after Starlight Falls on a beach um and and they hug it out and across the stars is playing and I'm like oh you guys both committed blatant horrendous murder and now we're cue across the stars I I it's giving Anakin Skywalker um I I, could, I couldn't it made me as soon as she did that I was like ooh and I knew that it was coming. Like, I knew she was turning to the dark side. Um, I hope that it gets addressed because that's kind of icky, just putting it out there. Um, I do hope it gets addressed, and I do think that it will at some point in the future. Uh, but if it doesn't, that would be a little weird to be like, yeah, look at these two people who just committed murder, and now they're and now they're super cute again. Mm. anyways that's all I had to say on that um continuing though with Elzar Mann and Avar Chris their relationship is so great and it does play a huge role in mostly Elzar's character um but you can tell that Avar loves him uh and I think that's something that is being like there's a common misconception right now within the fandom that Avar is is using Elzar um I don't know where people are getting that I don't know where people are getting that because no, she loves him. She's just a girl boss and she's busy. She's just busy. She's, uh, she's up with the drum gear all up in her mouth and nose. She's literally the marshal of starlight beacon. She is losing constantly and she's not used to losing. Of course, she's not going, of course, when, when in the fallen star, she's kind of thinking like Elzar will have my back. That's not her being like, oh, like he'll defend me no matter what because he's in love with me and I'm going to use that to my advantage. No, she's literally just trying to reach out to literally anybody who will be there for her because the only person who's there for her is Keeve. And I have a feeling that their relationship is going to be very shaky very soon. Her, her relationship with Elzar is something that we only saw in Light of the Jedi. They don't, and then anything else, from them anything else related to their relationship is only told through Elzar so of course a lot of our the audience is going to think that it's kind of one-sided because we never actually get her perspective except for in light of the Jedi which I think was a a, a pitfall in the High Republic series I do think that they should have explored her uh, her thought process more in in multiple ways in on multiple subjects um, but you know it didn't and that's okay we can't change that obviously but I think when people are are reading there needs to be a little bit more critical thinking here we need to you know look into the actual subtext because we're not getting her thoughts but it's there like it's there it's right there to read but you know it's 
when we see more of one person's character in any type of media, it's not just Star Wars, we are going to have different, you know, takes on a character's relationship. But it's very, very obvious if you read the text that Avar cares about Elzar a lot. And I think that does play a lot of part in a lot of a lot of the role of her guilt is also because Elzar was on Valo. Um, I really, really, really wanted to see Avar's reaction to Elzar falling to the dark side because I think she knows that if she was on Valo, that would have never happened. It's one thing to see this entire galaxy hurting um, because of something that you could have prevented. It's another thing to see someone you love deeply hurting from something you could have prevented. Uh, and that's not talked about enough. <laughs> that's something we need to discuss as a fandom. That I fully agree. Like I thought that was definitely something we were going to get from Fallen Star, at least in some context, because, you know, it's been a considerable amount of time has passed. So like presumably Avar already knows um, whether it was Elzar himself told her or like pretty much anyone on Valo could have told her that like a lot of people sensed it. A lot of people knew about it. I would really like to know what her reaction was to that or just like any thought like just even like her saying something about it even in the comics like and and you know we still have two more issues like it could still happen but I feel like there's too much other stuff going on especially with there only being two issues left and this big moment with her just happened and we still have like the fall of starlight and a lot of other stuff to address so like I'm not really expecting that they're gonna get into that on any level but just like it would be really interesting to know because I do agree I do think that she does blame herself for that even though obviously it's not like her fault but like she you know she knows the circumstances that led up to it and again like had she been there it probably wouldn't have happened um and also just like have like you said like seeing someone she loves so much who is struggling and struggling with something very similar to what she is struggling with and so she even can like relate on a level and knows how hard it is and how much he must be struggling and just like the impact that that would have on her emotional state on top of everything else that's going on she feels like she can't she has so much to do right now and I'm sure she feels like she can't be there for him and feels bad for that because he is like now he since rising storm until the events of the fallen star he's been on this like recovery um sort of storyline and she like hasn't really been able to be there for him throughout that because just so much else is going on and she has herself to look out for and all the people of starlight to look out for and literally like the entire galaxy to look out for like that is a consequence of her position is that like starlight beacon is this beacon of hope but not just for the Outer Rim, for the entire galaxy. And it was Chancellor So's great work. And like everyone knows about it and knows Avar and like looks to Starlight as an example of like the good that the Republic and the Jedi can do. So that really is all falling onto her shoulders. And yeah, I just wish that we'd gotten like a little more of that and a little more of like their relationship from her side. And, and it's not like Elzar doesn't also agree with this. They both know that like, you know, they had this thing when they were Padawans, but like when they became Jedi Knights, they kind of had to let it go, which is another thing where it's not like, it's not like Elzar is like pining after her and she's like shutting him down. Like that's not the situation. They both obviously have lingering feelings for each other, but they both are aware that they can't act on those feelings and that they can't be together because that is just, part of being a Jedi um and yeah it's just like this idea that it's so one-sided and that she's using or manipulating him I'm just like I don't really know where it comes from to be quite honest like it just like like you said it's so obvious that she cares about him even just like even very early on in Light of the Jedi just in the way that they interact with each other and work together so well and the way that she speaks so highly of him like in that book like you just know that she cares about him it's so like a weird thing with it's not just Elzar like I see it with a lot of characters and even within Star Wars where it's like he's not just some he's not like 
a kid who we need to protect you know like he is a grown man yeah exactly like he's a grown man yeah yeah and also just something to bring up just real quick there's been a lot of talk about um padme recently and there are a little bit of uh parallels between padme and anakin i hate to say it because i don't think that elzar is a anakin like related character at all but um women are not responsible for the actions of men they're really not at all um and i think that uh this idea that you know some people in the fandom are having and and i'm saying some people because it's not a general consensus it's it's a it's a few groups, um, but it is something that is is affecting the perception of Avar Chris um, as a whole, and that's something that's like needs to stop. Is that you know she is somehow responsible for Elzar and for his actions? She's busy. She's doing her own thing. And since when is it her problem? Yeah, they're friends. Yeah, they should be looking out for each other. But when have we seen Elzar reach out to Avar and see how she's doing? when have we seen that it goes both ways it can't just be this one way thing where else where avar needs to you know look after elzar the whole time he's his own person and he can figure stuff out and he has other people to help him not avar avar has keeve who is a traumatized uh 20 year old girl love keeve thinks she's super powerful um but she should not be responsible for the marshal of starlight beacon kind of what you were saying about um the implications of having this like oh look at they're running to each other on the beach and hugging and like it's so great and across the stars is playing but they both have now we now know they both literally cut people in half like it's sort of this thing this like I don't want to say trap but like thing that the authors have fallen into which is a problem with having a storytelling like a multimedia storytelling initiative um, because, you know, they wanted to keep Avar's, like, what, where Avar's story was going a surprise, so that when you read, like, this most recent comic issue, it's like, oh my gosh, wow, this is happening, and, like, they didn't hint at it in The Fallen Star because they wanted to keep it a surprise, but the problem is that, like, it's sort of, like, you either don't address it and it comes off poorly because it happened, or you do address it and it, like, spoils the end of the comics and so it's sort of like they've picked this line of like we're not really going to have Avar be in the fallen star much and we're going to like keep what happened to her really open-ended so that you when you read the comics like that is where you're getting the rest of her story and I think that like they're doing a really good job with finishing out her story in the comics and I imagine they're going to continue to do so until the end but then like you have this moment between the two of them and that is why I'm really like hoping that phase three will kind of circle back around to this um and serve as like sequels so to speak to phase one um because I just feel like there's no way especially in only two comic issues but just like in general that Avar like comes back from this and is like okay by the end of this comic run like I I can't see a scenario in which that happens even if she does like if Keeve is able to get through to her and she's like I'm not going to kill Lorna D like wow I can't believe I was even thinking that and they take Lorna in it's not like she's just like fine you know she's obviously still going through it and so I really hope that they do come back to that and sort of address like where does she go from here and like where does Elzar go from where he left off at the end of Fallen Star rather than just having it end with the two of them like together finding out about Stella and like I feel like there's more that needs to be addressed there. Right. And I I really, I really love this comic series. And I think that Kevin Scott does a phenomenal job of writing Avar's character. And I, I genuinely am glad that he is the one to finish out her story. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said. We did mention this a little bit in um, our like Fallen Star episode. There is something to be said about her not being in the Fallen Star very much. I think she has maybe a collective page and a half um, and very rarely in her POV. It's weird to me that they decided to take that route because she was the main character of The Light of the Jedi 
and you know she's not in the rising storm I think it worked well for the story I really do I think that the rising storm needed to be absent of Avar plot reasons I also think that her character was handled off page really well like I think the the perception of her is still very much similar to what it was in the light of the Jedi it doesn't really work in the fallen star mainly because it feels like she's being sidelined especially for the people who are not reading the comics um which I assume is a lot of people you know I personally know a good handful of people who are only reading the adult books it's you know frustrating to see a character who is so powerful be completely sidelined and missing from the book and not only that but to have a majority of her character in the fallen star be through the eyes of Elzar Man um it felt very weird it was like why is like she is only existing through Elzar Man and it doesn't translate very well and so I do think that is where these the adult novel trilogy has fallen short is through having her character solely in the comics um and also we have not gotten as very we've gotten very very little of her point of view on everything since the light of the jedi because the comics are through keeve trennis as they should as they should keeve trennis is a phenomenal character to explore this um story through but it does leave like questions of how is Avar feeling about all of this because now it's all through subtext and all through analysis and sometimes we just need to know as readers sometimes it, it everything should be just flat out said and it shouldn't be left up to interpretation especially with a character like this who is so complex and has so many layers to them and has you know impacted so many people in the series almost every single character like main character that we know of has had an interaction with Avar she's present in almost every single like I think she is literally in every single thing except for Monster Temple Peak because she makes an appearance in you know Trail of Shadows she's in Higher Public Adventures She's mentioned in every book and for her being literally the main character and for her being in so many things, why haven't we gotten more of her point of view? You know, obviously I'm slightly biased because I love Avar Chris and I want more of her. However, I think it is, you know, something that's just weird narratively to choose is to just have her solely be this character in the Marvel run of comics. And I'm not saying I don't like it. Like I love that she's in them and I love her character in them but it's still like she's an important character to the point where we need to know what she's thinking and not just have to like actually look for it because there are so many layers of her character that we're kind of just compiling you know and I'd like to see it more like fleshed out I'm just thinking like I'm so interested to see these last two issues what's gonna yeah. happen like genuinely like I don't know because like you said I don't think that Avar is gonna kill Lorna just because I don't think Lorna is gonna die um I hope not like <laughs> I don't in the fall yeah. star they're like we have a we exactly have yeah they but it's just it. a question of like is Avar gonna have a moment where she realizes everything that she's done and is like oh you're right let's take her in or is Keeve gonna have to like physically stop her I don't know I'm scared for them and I and yeah and then even like after that whether whatever route that ends up going what's Avar gonna do then you know because like it's not like she gets back to Starlight and has time to like sit and reflect you know like pretty much right when they get back to Starlight is when it's attacked and that's obviously going to be covered in these issues too because that's where we're going to get this story of the top half of Starlight um and like that's going to be pretty much all the rest of the comics um even not even just like even like trail of shadows five is definitely going to cover that you know but um how what's she gonna do you know I'm just very curious to see like where her character goes from here and again that's another reason why I'm hoping that we do see her again at some point in the future because I just feel like I want to know like what's her like can she just go obviously she can't just magically go back to being like 
this heroic Jedi, you know, like there's time that it would take for her to even get to near that again. But like, is that even how she's going to go? Like, is she going to be like, no, I want to go and like put in the work and like prove that I'm dedicated to the order and that I can like return to the light or is she going to do something else? Like, we don't know. And I really want to know because I think it's very interesting. So I hope we get to see it. Is Avar Chris one of the Fallen 20? <laughs> I is, was just thinking that. That is, is okay. I, yeah. not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really have that thought before until I read Star Wars issue 20 and Elzar Man was like, yeah. yeah, that'll happen sometimes. And I was like, is he talking about Avar? And now I'm like, he, I think he was. Um, And so I'm like, I think that her being one of the Lost 20 would be so interesting, but also just, I'm, the idea of the Lost 20 is, like, very fascinating to me. I was literally listening to Dooku Jedi Lost today in the section where they talk about it, Um, and I'm just, like, it's so interesting, and I want to see, like, I hope in, like, phase two we see at least some more of that, and, like, because the idea of, like, people leaving the Order for whatever reason is very interesting to me and so I think it would be kind of cool that's not really a great word but like oh yeah interesting if Avar ended up doing that too thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions please feel free to send us questions you can dm them to us on twitter instagram or tiktok once again thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode